Welcome to another edition of the Coolant Pod, a podcast for all things MRC-related events, news, and lore. Tonight, we are sitting around a javelin that's exploded outside our hangar and cooking a little campfire and hopefully not getting too much radiation poisoning. Joining us tonight are our hosts. I'm Chris, also known as Jesty. I'm Rick, also known as Nitro. I'm Jeff, call sign Tweezer. And I'm Tom, call sign Pirate. Well, now that we have that... Uh kerfuffle out of the way i thought we would actually try something new tonight and uh have everyone kind of give a, a variant of the month if you will so you know try to get a recurring theme going here so something that we might have seen lately that uh, we've either gone up against or played with and just really thought it was kind of fun and wanted to let the, the public know about it i'm going to say i really want to talk about the osiris 4d which is a little specific but it is a cute little bugger I've got in my hands here, which you can't see, but it is a light mech, 30 tons, and it pairs well with all the jumpy pulse that I do, but it is not so cheesy. Let me tell you about this Osiris. It's got one medium pulse laser, five ER medium lasers. It can go 8-12-8, and is nice to zip in behind somebody, and it's got a little range, so you don't have to go all the way next to them like a medium pulse laser. Fire your alpha strike, which is going to generate like 31 heat. You only have 20 heat sinks. It's 10 double heat sinks. But then you got that eight jump to jump away. So if you're looking for something that is a true hit and run, this is going to be a really fun mech to do. Just don't get hit. You only got 10 armor in the side torsos. But, you know, smash and grab is what this mech is all about. Sounds like that can get a little toasty. What's the BV on that thing, run? Oh, that's a good question. Somewhere in the 800s, I think, although it's probably in the 1100s. Now I got to look that up. That's actually pretty cheap for what, what you get out of it. Yeah, if you got that many mediums on it. Well, I might have been lying to you, except now that I look it up, it's, uh, it's 1230. Oh, but, but, you know, for five ER medium lasers and a medium pulse and an 8128. It's not bad it's still. I recommend anybody that is disappointed with Jenners, maybe give this one a go. Seems like a super spider. That's a good way to look at it. And I'll be using it at a Gunslinger event, MRC related, uh, later this month. Okay, write down Osiris. Got it. <laughs> Who wants to go next? I also enjoy the, what is it, the Egyptian god-themed mech, so maybe I'll get to brag on the Anubis later. But I'm going to call you out. Nitro, give us a mech. I am particularly fond this month of the Shadowhawk 8L. It's a fun, medium weight, taking a lot of precedence from the previous Shadowhawks. Uh, it goes 587 with 20 double heat sinks. It is sporting a medium variable speed laser, a plasma rifle, and an MML5. And it still goes up on its side torsos up to 18 armor. Also sporting an active probe and an ECM suite. I find it to be not a jack of all trades, but it covers enough area that it performs its job well. Mostly against equivalent uh, weight battle mechs or vehicles and battle armor for sure. Definitely battle armor. Plasma rifle can hit for more than 10 damage. Uh, fun. Very physical, very in your face, especially if you're aggressive. And uh, and even the Magistracy of Canopus sports it since the Jihad era. So 
Well, it does sound like fun, and I'm actually going to jump in here because I, I picked something kind of similar uh, along the same lines. I went with another classic 55-tonner with the Griffin 4R. So probably one of the only good things the Word of Blake actually did in their existence. The The, the Griffin 4R is a 699 55-tonner with a, a snub-nosed PPC, an ER medium laser, and an MML5. Uh, I likewise used this in Licensed Ill Clan and just had a lot of fun bouncing around, alpha striking, and just really annoying the hell out of people with it. It definitely paid back its 1400 BV, so I, I enjoyed it. Y'all have both chosen mechs I absolutely despise. I think the Griffin is normally boring. I think the Shadow Cat or Shadow Hawk sucks. I'm going to try out that Griffin, but I'm actually excited about that Shadow Hawk now because. Plasma Rifle's fun. Jump 7, you have me interested. Uh, it actually sounds usable instead of just an AC5 on legs or 10 or whatever. Yeah, what bracket do you want to do 5 damage in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree with you. I'm usually not a big fan of the Griffin either, but then I saw the 9 jump and a snub-nosed PPC, and this, this kind of seems nice. No, you're absolutely right. That is very nice. It is. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like wowed about it. It's the, like, one griffin that pops out at me. Yeah. You used that against me in the tournaments, and I remember it was a really good objective grabber. Yes, it was. And uh, after the, the Jihad, most of the, the moles actually get it now. Oh. So it, it gone blood-asped and just went all over the inner sphere then. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Jesse, bring us home, man. What's yours? So I'm going to take a left turn away from these Inner Sphere mechs and go with my actual personal favorite mech, I, I must say. It's called the Sunbear Prime. Uh, now, I used this in a tournament maybe last year, at the beginning of the year. I think I used it in, was that, Tukey at Heat? Twilight. No, it Twilight was not Heat. Twilight Heat. It was, no, it wasn't March Madness. March Madness! <laughs> Um, I actually fought you when you, you were playing that. I think that wasn't too cute. It, it was too cute, wasn't it? Was that May? Well, anyway, regardless, uh, the Sunbear Prime is a inner is a clan Omni mech. It's a ghost bear mech. Uh, originally, there was only ever I think six of them made. Period. It's a fifty-five tonner, five-eight movement profile, very heavily armored. It's got a medium pulse and an ER medium in each arm and an ultra AC 20 in the right torso with enough ammo to shoot it once for all 15 turns in an MRC tournament match, which means you close in for a couple turns and you can double tap a couple times before the sun bear goes down. Uh, I know I've mentioned it previously. This thing was my MVP. If you ask me in the tournament, I used it in, uh, it is unique for the scorpion empire going forward in the timeline but up to the clan invasion ghost bear has them and they are fair game so if you're ever playing in those early clan eras uh check out the sun bear and i guarantee you you won't be disappointed it comes in at about just over 2000 battle value it's the progenitor design for the stooping hawk which is based on the same chassis they look exactly the same uh the only difference is the stooping hawk has a i think a smaller engine or something like that, and it's got jump jets. And it replaces the AC-20 with the UAC-10. 
and the blood spirit in me just kind of loves that statement because the stooping hawk is a really fun mech. Yeah, I'm I'm planning on using one when I go to LVO. But yeah, I love this mech. It's one of my favorites. And fun fact, I may be getting a tattoo of it on my leg in the near future. <laughs> Are you going to go that far? Picks or it didn't happen. No, there will be picks when it does happen. It should be happening, I think, either in January, right before Vegas, actually. Don't forget to send us the before pick, too. <laughs> the unshaved before pick. Is that going to be like kind of in the upper inner thigh or something? Uh, right above uh, my right butt cheek. is. Right no, no, I'm going to get it on my, uh, my calf. There's a lot of real estate there. So, Jesse, I'm looking at this, and what struck me more than anything, for, you know, besides seeing it in Ghost Bear, its Alpha Strike stat is 550 for a 41 PV with 2 TMM and 6-3 armor. So, and one overheat. So, even though we're talking classic most of the time, that is a really efficient machine for Alpha Strike. Yeah, it's very well-rounded, if you ask me. It's one of my favorite mechs. All right, so there you go. We've got a few potentially new things for the audience that they may not have seen or heard of before. So go check them out, play a few games with them, see what you think. Let us know. Now, do we want to do the other traditional podcast thing of, uh, you know, what did you paint? What did you buy? All that fun stuff. No, because I'm embarrassed. (laughs) Let's skip that segment. (laughs) I haven't painted or bought anything in like a couple months. I've been real uh, busy with real life. You should have just jumped on when uh, Pirate and I did the Discord painting thing last week. Oh, if I could have, I would have. Believe me. I'm, I've actually also been working on a Gundam for some little online competition thing. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so that's on the back burner, too. Well, that's a shame, because if you did join Tweezer and I, you would have gotten to see us talk about edge highlighting, multi-brush, dry brushing gradient filling and all sorts of weird techniques and i'm just having so much fun painting lately can't really see it held up right against the camera and no one can see it anyway but it's that no jachi yeah yeah and luckily my camera's broken so no one can actually see any of the little mistakes but trying out all the bells and whistles so i can t-pose over everybody in both combat score and also painting score uh the next time we meet up no mistakes, just happy little accidents. <laughs> so, speaking of painting with Pirate and Tweezer, what did you paint, Tweezer? Uh, I ended up painting a Vapor Eagle, which when we get to the next lore episode, I will post up because it is going to be a, a sneak peek into one of the lesser known units for our next lore faction. Ooh, I do like me a Vapor Eagle. They're just so battle value expensive, but they're so darn efficient for what they do. They are, but I just really wanted to do a lot of really cool edge highlighting, and the model makes that makes it very easy. Oh, right on. They they do have a very cool model, I will say. It is a good-looking map. It, it does look very sci-fi without it being just another humanoid. Like, oh, look, it's another Centurion, or Centurion derivative. It actually looks warrior from beyond the pale. How about you, Nitro? Any progress? No, none. <laughs> I'm waiting for Christmas to get the paints. Okay, at least you have an excuse. I do not. <laughs> You've been busy? Question mark. Well, yeah, but there's always time for 
stuff. Anyway, moving forward. <laughs> uh, so into the, the main section of, of tonight's podcast, let's talk about some of the tournaments that have been happening lately and, and some of the stuff that's coming up. Uh, so since we last met and talked, we have gone through Horrors in the City, uh, that really fun one-week event that Rachel held. Who all who all played in that? I know I was in it. Who else was there? Uh, I did not play in it because I knew I was going to be busy that week, so I did not sign up. Nitro, I think you were there too, right? I was there. I took part in Horrors in the City, and I thought it was pretty... It was it was a bit terrifying. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it was it was a really unique twist on the third party crashes the the fun. So yeah, the the, the first turn that some of those extra little buggers showed up was like, Ooh, okay, I see where this is going. Hang on, hang on, time out, time out. Before you get ahead of yourselves, explain it to someone like me who did not participate and has no idea what horror in the city was or what was going on or what the lists were like or anything like. Well, I mean, if you actually went back and paid attention to episode two when we had the interview with uh, Rachel. Per my previous email. <laughs> episode two was a long time ago. Yeah, it really was. Um, so this is a Halloween-themed uh, one-week event where it was just designed to scare the living crap out of you. Uh, so it was a city fight, double-blind, uh, using... It was like 30... 3039 maybe it, it was basically like old school mega mech but you could have one unit that had starling tech or something in it game started out normally where you just kind of went up against your opponent and you started closing in around turn five six something like that suddenly ghosts popped up and i think at first it was like 10 mercuries First the first the radar blips because it is double blind. Then the visual confirmation. We had a bunch that just popped up right in our rear arcs. It's like oh boy, beautiful. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> of course, one of them popped up right in my rear arc, and I just turned my demolisher's turret right around and put two AC twenties right through its center torso. Oof. I'm assuming these are controlled by Princess now. Yes, uh, Princess on Berserk. Perfect. However. It was a city map, and there are like four or five pilots, and they like to sprint on Berserk. So I don't know about you, but I had a bunch that ended up crashing into buildings and going prone in basements. Uh, I think I had one go sliding into and take out, uh, like tackled another mech. <laughs> so it, it, it got to be a lot of fun. And then after a few more turns, when you started beating them down and you're maybe starting to focus on your opponent again... Then come in the crabs. And these mechs are the objective. So the combat score is against your opponent. But the objective is taking out some of these mechs that Rachel had to make sure she was around, uh, you know, to let us know what the objective was mid-match. Oh, so you didn't know going into the match. Excellent. It's a hidden objective. And then eventually you get to the point where Lancelot's dropped in and... If there was anything left by that time, it was gone shortly thereafter. Man, that's a lot of additional mechs added into a match. It was bloody. I think Princess had like 25,000 BV or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. 
But I remember Rachel telling me uh, like a week or two after she was like, I think it was weird. I expected more people to kind of team up and do a whole Walking Dead type thing. But no, people just stabbed each other in the back and, and, and tried to kill anything that moved. Yeah. I mean, would you expect anything less from uh, MRZ players? <laughs> well, Capellans maybe, but... <laughs> well, the way I looked at it was, because when I, I knew some of the things behind the scenes and I was trying to put myself in the player mode going into it in my match against Elroy, it was essentially, if I go after him, there's less of him to go after the easy shots with Princess... And I took a DFA list, so all my mechs were like 3-1, trying to not miss a 4 and then follow my back and my guillotine explodes on turn 2. It was definitely a, well, I'm already going after the player. I'm so ingrained with stand-up fight, I gotta keep blowing up Elroy, even though I ended up losing the match. See, I had a little bit of a different tactic. Like I I took the, I want to cause as much fear as possible. So I rolled in with two demolisher tanks an awesome a crockett and a helicopter oh man two demolishers in a city fight that's nasty yeah the uh but i remember he walked around a corner and they were both in the same hex and it was just like oh my god yep surprise yeah that is horror in the city 80 points of damage later it was like oh god yeah, two demolishers in the same hex is horror in the city. That right there alone by itself. And demolishers, the, the main gun's in the turret, so it can shoot backwards, right? Yeah. They're slow, they're bricks, but uh, yeah, they will put a hurting on you. Note to self, next time uh, we do a city fight, bring Infernos. <laughs> I tried employing Infernos in my match. I opted to, while the match was going on, everybody, my opponent and I, just kept batting aside the princess mechs. We went through the first two waves, for the most part, batting them aside while still pretty much laying into each other. And when the heavier stuff came down, I, that, that's when I ran and I, I, I hid. <laughs> I went behind a building. I squatted down, and I was sucking on my thumb. I was letting my opponent deal with it. Now, just picturing Nitro in that fetal position, rocking back and forth. and You have no idea. <laughs> I only had one. I had a Firestarter survive that mission. That was it. Everything else got eaten up alive. But, you know, props to you for taking a Firestarter to a city fight. I don't know. It sounds like a pretty cool mech to like just jump behind somebody and let flames of hell loose all over them. That was the idea. Oh, uh, apparently it turned out that you were just like that sole survivor that Princess let live so that you could go back and tell everybody about how berserk she was. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Anyone have anything else about horrors in the city before we move on? One thing I wish I knew better about, especially with Mega Mech, because it doesn't come up in person since we normally play Grasslands, but um, one thing I wish I knew better about Mega Mech was how to go into buildings how to move through buildings, how to not fall in a basement because it says you can scan or something. Uh? Before before we do uh, another major city event, I want to learn how to not screw up city fights by going into buildings and using them as cover without finding basements. 
the secret is climb mode and you have to change your sensor settings. So this sounds like a really great new YouTube video for Jesty and Sam to explore tactics. <laughs> I'll add it to the list. <laughs> um, call it basement dwellers. I live in California. We don't know what basements are. Oh, tweezer, you're in one right now. Get out of there. You're going to fall and take side damage. Just waiting for it to fall on top of me, man. <laughs> Nitro, go shoot his house. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay. Um, so after Horse in the City, uh, we ended up neck deep fighting for our right to party and license to Oak Clan. Uh, that is wrapping up this week as we make this recording. I think there's like one or two games left to go. That has also been a, a really interesting NFL format game from Vapor. So, uh, you know, team, what'd you think about that? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, Vapor's tournaments are always a joy to play in. Uh, they usually have a good turnout, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, even though I think I lost two of the three matches I did play. So uh, I still had a good time uh, playing with some interesting units, uh, testing stuff out, not just picking stuff that's super hyper-efficient all the time. Listen, you said you lost two matches and you still had fun. I think losing is actually one of the more fun ways to play because you just win all the time. It's like, oh, I was better and didn't really learn anything from my opponent. True story. Yeah, yeah. actually, I think, uh, as you may have heard me say, I played three matches. Uh, Tweezer and I were scheduled to play during the week of Thanksgiving, but uh, with just so much going on, our schedules just didn't align, so we missed out on our third game unfortunately. And thankfully, Vapor was understanding through the holiday season and didn't really penalize or anything, anybody for missing games. He's like, just if you get a game in, period, just thank you, you know, play anybody. It doesn't even have to be someone in the tournament. Yeah, but I was looking forward to the rematch. Uh, I think we we need to have that tiebreaker match. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. We can we can definitely make that happen later on. <laughs> have a grudge match and do a recap of it later on in an episode in the future stay tuned well i already mentioned how my fight with you went first tweezer i had a had a nice little a nice little list that you know all my lists tend to do really well when i try to make a good list they do really well in practice games and then i get to events especially when there's objectives and they just go like i just fall flat it happened to me in the previous one um you know with my thugs but um, did enjoy, um, I think I did, you're the only one I actually lost, so I was like 3-1. But did enjoy using my Vulture with uh, eight streak sixes, a rifleman with uh, reflective armor and four ER large lasers, and a Naga 2, just because it looks so cool in the art, but oh my gosh, it just explodes and dies every single game with four LRM-20s. I really enjoyed most of all the match against Princess at the end there. Yeah, I, when you ran into me, you ran into a list that, well, I didn't intend to. It was fairly well tailored to counter a lot of the stuff that you had. So I had a couple of really speedy boys and three really tanky guys and uh, a nice little mobile sniper. And I spread out too much. I tried to take all the corners on the map, and I didn't have enough units to do it. But um, the first match, what was that? Domination of some sort? holding the corners, and he had really good names for them, but I'm too young to know what any of them are. Okay, I will I will buy you a copy of License to Ill sometime. 
Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> there is no way you never heard License to Ill. Get out of here. You're older than I am. I grew up in England. I was listening to Spice Girls and all that crap. S Club Seven. Shame. But first one was Domination. Second one was that the no. That was Death Race Relay. Second one was uh, basically Death Race Relay. Yeah. I really enjoy that mission type. I'm, I'm glad we're adding it more to the roster, because that one is fun, where you have to zip to the center of the map, roll to scan for some data, and then zip back to your home edge to dump it off. Yeah, I, I will say, I think that is probably my favorite mission so far, uh, of all the ones that people have created or thought of. Yeah, that was enjoyable until I ran into Brad's Rifleman 2C. Well, anything's enjoyable until you run into Brad's Rifleman 2C. <laughs> Just you could have just left it at Brad. I enjoy playing him. I learn a lot every time I play him. But I, I absolutely learned a lot. He's he's one of the people that I've been wanting to play for a while, and he came hard. And I definitely learned a lot. I learned a couple things that I probably should have done, and it really came down to the very last turn. Like if he if he killed enough of my army. To, to put me too far below the BV thing, he would win. But if he just killed one of the units and not the other, I would have won from BV and objective. Damn. That's, that's when you go jump in a lake just to finish the match early. I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, game three was cut off the head. That's probably one of the most simple missions. It's real easy to set up, easy to play, easy to understand. I do enjoy that for a variant on just kill each other, you know, like, hey, there is actually an objective. Sometimes the um, commander can be hidden. It's a little harder to do that with Mega Mech because, you know, you can't write on a piece of paper who the commander is. And then, yeah, this is. I mean, you could you could tell Vapor and then but then that would make more work for Vapor when he's scoring that that week, which make more work for him, make more work for him. I was going to say he has enough work for himself, but I guess not. Well, but I mean, in general, too, if you're just playing a pickup game, kill the commander is a nice way to mix up, just murder each other. Standard game, but then week four. Uh, Nitro, you want to tell us about week four? I think week four was beautiful. Um, It set both players up on opposing sides of the map, and then in the middle, it set a battle force for Princess. It was a PvP-VE kind of scenario that really could swing any which way, considering how Princess can either hyper-focus one player or just completely go bananas on both, and just scenario happened a lot. I could have sworn I heard of an aerospace fighter. She she was decked out with two aerospace fighters, two battle mechs, and two super heavies. And I think one aerospace fighter went out of control and careened into someone's battle mech. That would be me. <laughs> Tell us about that, please. Because <laughs> what the hell is that? Uh, that was probably one of the most amusing and interesting and scary things I've ever run across in Mega Mech in all the years I've been playing. Um, so I, I had actually been running my, my, my little pack hunter. No, not pack hunter. What was that thing called? You had a prey seeker or yeah, the other, the other little dip crap with a P in his name. Yeah. So I'd been running my little prey seeker uh, around and had gotten into the, the rear arc of 
my opponent's uh, it was it was like an AC2 Pike or something like that. It had a, a lot of AC2s on it. And so I was going to completely kill it. And Princess had decided that she really wanted to home in on all of my mechs with her aerospace. Okay, fine, sure. Uh, so my opponent turned his turn around and instead of shooting at the mech, decided I'm going to shoot everything at the aerospace fighter connected. And the aerospace fighter goes out of control. And lo and behold, it was five levels up on the same hex my prey seeker was and crashed down into it uh completely obliterated it and then just casually walked away with 150 damage to the nose and was fine that's the thing of beauty right there (laughs) yeah i didn't realize aerospace fighters could survive crashes like that i thought once they crash that's pretty much done uh, in my match, we had, I think, the Hellcat or whatever it was crash and land. And I'm like, oh, good, the thing's dead. No, no, it wasn't. It was lined up right next to my damn Coco uh, defense tank. And it just lit it up for like three turns in a row as I'm frantically trying to scrape away the armor on this stupid aerospace fight. Yeah. That's grounded. Yep. Uh, I mean, it does a lot of damage on the grounds, but yeah, Elroy just turned around and said, no. Uh, I'm going to swatch you out of the sky, and that thing just took a nosedive right into my Prey Seeker. It was hilarious. So much red on that screen when we were looking at the round report. Oh, yeah. That is ridiculous. I had a practice match where it nosedived into the ground, lost control, nosedived into the ground, and but there was so much clear, so many clear hexes around it, it lined up to try and take off again. Yeah, if it has enough hexes, it will take back off. <laughs> what the yeah, heck? It- yep. Yeah, my in that practice round, my opponent laid into it and was able to disable it before it took off. But it lined itself up. It was it was hilarious. We were both pretty stunned about that. Yeah, so I learned after my match that there are ways that you can kind of bug princess into attacking your opponent so princess on berserk mode will always pick the lowest uh target modifier the lowest you know hit chance so if you keep enough terrain or cover between you and princess you can guarantee the princess will always go after your opponent well this is good to know there's one reason why if we're having a fun event absolutely but if we were having an ultra mega competitive try hard sweaty event where everyone's sponsored by gamer fuel I don't think uh, Princess would be a great uh, great objective in there, but I I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I think that there's a place for it, but because of what you just mentioned... I can understand sweatiness, but not that kind of sponsorship. I mean, you know, we do want to make sure that next time for Nashcon, we're bringing in candles for the, the door prizes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Here, welcome to Nashcon. Here's your candle and uh, stick of deodorant. Wow! Wow! Everybody wow. was everybody was well behaved and mannered there, but um, you know, maybe when we get up to them Kentuckians and Lexicon, we got to talk about it. Uh, you left early on Saturday, so you didn't see it. Ah, uh, fair, fair. <laughs> I was in a damn plug suit on Saturday. You know, be easy breezy, and you know, it's just cooled off. I'm not sweating all day, so. I know you've got me thinking. Maybe I'll wear one. I need to get a. Does it come in blue? If it comes in blue, I might get one. Yeah, go look for. Uh, was it Samus Aran? You know, a lot of e girls like using it, so I'm sure there's a lot of uh, a lot of them out there. Oh yeah, that's a good call. But yeah, so Nashcon was a lot of fun. 
of course, earlier in the year. But um, I'm excited when we do eventually get up to Lexicon, whatever you tell us what that's all going to be about. Well, we can we can get into that here in just a minute. So wonderful segue into what's coming up. Obviously, 2023, we've had a ton of tournaments that we've both in person and over Megamac. Right now, from what I'm understanding, is there are so many people that want to host tournaments, there is now a waiting list. So that's really awesome that there's so many people that are, are throwing their hat in the ring to, to run things next year. And I think the, the first thing that's coming up actually is going to be Nitro's tournament. Nitro, do you want to you know, briefly promote what you're going to be doing in January? Yeah. So in January, there's going to be an event called Operation Dragon Slayer. It is going to take place in the Clan Invasion era. And it is based, not a reenactment 110% of the way. <clears throat> it is basically a in commemoration in the spirit of the clan invasion of the Draconis combined capital of Luthien. When the Smoke Jags and the Nova Cats decided to say, we're going to go fuck up that guy. And they decided to throw everything but the kitchen sink at the Draconis Combine. So that's the event that's going to happen. It's going to be four missions, one every week. I'm still working a little bit on the missions. There's going to be a small twist in terms of um, a mechanic that I would like to introduce. If the players like it, maybe it's good meat for the TOs out there to you know, maybe consider and maybe incorporate if they wish. And if not, well, at least we got to say that it was kind of fun to kick off the new year. Awesome. When are lists going to be due to you? Lists are due on December 23rd. All right. So make your Christmas list, boys and girls. That way nobody's in the middle of that Christmas week trying to decide stuff or anything like that. And I think they'll have enough time. People will have a little bit of enough time to practice up and see what there is to be offered. For each mission more news and update on that by this weekend i enjoy that you mentioned trying something new with mechanics because even though we have a waiting list now everybody i think is doing something different and the more things we try you know we have a solid foundation for a lot thank you carbon and warning and now sam but oh, we yes, have solid definitely. we have a solid foundation but the more new things we try um you know people can start taking pieces they like mm -hmm. and building upon it like um you know, in Twilight Heat, for Mega Mech, we literally just did kill the commander because that was the only objective we knew how to do in Mega Mech. You know, and one year later, we're doing all sorts of goofy, crazy stuff. So props to you for trying out something new. Even if it doesn't pan out the way you want, we're definitely going to love it. Oh, yeah. Definitely looking forward to it, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, building lists uh, around a restriction, because you're actually restricting the year uh, production, right? Not just uh, era. You're actually going to the specific year. Yes. Well, I went the extra mile with that, taking, taking into consideration um, what I was trying to emulate. So the year is restricted to 3052 in the clan invasion era. Yep. So out of curiosity, which faction has the least representation so far? Uh, I've only gotten one list so far submitted. <laughs> I have to put together an email. That way um, people can send the lists there. But I have had one list submission so far. And uh, this player submitted as a just-in-case for both factions. 
uh, Clan Smokejag and Novacat are both represented with one of them because it adheres to both. And the other one was, I believe, Wolf's Dragoons. Ooh. Oh, that's another that's another thing. The factions are limited in selection. There are two teams. One team is clan, the other team is IS. The clan team will be two MULs, Clan Smoke Jags and Clan Nova Cats. And then the IS defenders will be comprised of either the Draconis Combine MUL, Kelhound MUL, and Wolf's Dragoons MUL. Those are the choices. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Smoke uh, Jags did nothing wrong. And I'm building my Smoke Jag list as we speak. <laughs> well, now I have to go build a Drac list if you're going with uh, that dress. Oh, come on. You know I'm a filthy clanner at heart. <laughs> that is true. Damn. The honesty. I know who I am. We'll just patrol him later in a trial of grievance or something. Yep, I'm just looking... I might have to go cat girl on this. <laughs> I'm looking to see if anybody carries the sun bear or the stooping hawk. That's going to determine who I play as. Uh, well, unfortunately, sun bear look like um, they don't exist then, except as a unique. So, stooping hawk maybe. I don't know. Something about just coming down and like you know a war hawk with ERPPCs just lighting up trebuchets left, right, and center just sounds fun. But at the same time. So it is just having so many damn catapults and jenners launching missiles. You know, you blot out the sun. I think it'd be fun either way. Ah, boo. No stooping luck for me. All right. Well, I'll, I'll find something. Don't worry about me. Don't you'll, worry about me. You'll have to stoop to something else. Ba-dum-bum. Well done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> well, outside of uh, Dragon Slayer, uh, we've also got, you know, just naming them off in rapid fire. Operation Rat, which is going to be a uh, Capellan versus Fed Sons. I think it's the fourth Succession War. I got to look back into it. And it's going to be a much more campaign-based run by Celestian. Um, but again, also limited by factions. 30, I don't think it's 30-39, but it's somewhere in that ballpark. Should be 28. Yeah, for the fourth Succession War, it's going to be 30-28. Listen, we can barely read. Don't ask us to remember dates. Yeah, math is hard, too. This is why we play Mega Man. Exactly. Princess, what number are they to roll? 11? I want to pick something else. Then. So that'll be coming up. And then we also have Falcon Heat 24 coming up uh, in the early part of the year. Lists are due soon for that. I forget when, but I think they're due in December. Uh, no, I thought that was going to be February for that one, if I'm not mistaken. Sam is going to be running that if I'm if I remember correctly. Uh, there's been some preliminary uh, stuff going out to some of the TOs to look over. There's even a channel in the MRC that's got a little bit of information on it. Yep, uh, six matches selected from nine missions. So he's going to have a list of missions, so that way you have to build a well-rounded list that can cover all of them. And we're going to be playing more matches uh, than four in the month. We're going to be aiming for six. And there's also going to be two different leagues or divisions, if you will. Uh, anybody under rating green four is going to be in the open division. And people with higher uh, rank scores in the MRC are going to be in the invitational division. So if you're new to the MRC, get those games in, get your MRC rating up so you can get into the invitational. I do enjoy that a little bit. I like new blood coming in and teaching us new things but 
sometimes I, you know, as a organizer, am concerned when someone comes in with the wrong expectations and all of a sudden they get somebody who's been hyper-focused on the way we've been playing, just trounced in the scoring. So um, I do think that's a good way to, if you're going for the, the try-harder event, having some people who've got some experience in this type of format, one would say, uh, pushed into one bucket and then everybody else, uh, you know, who's less familiar with how we play, getting their feet wet without, you know, just getting tabled. Yeah, I've been actually thinking about doing uh, an invitational myself where we inv- I run a tournament. I'm going to be running a tournament in the future uh, on Mega Mech, but I'm not on the list yet because I don't have a solid time frame. I've got a lot going on right now. But the idea was that we would invite people who placed in the top five of every previous tournament from last year and call it the invitational. And Sam beat me to it. So I'm going to have to come up with something else. Can can I take six six pilots to your event? Because everyone's banning me now. <laughs> as long as they don't have pulse lasers. Yeah, I was thinking on Nemesis and Haywire. I've been thinking about taking Nemesis pods just to screw with people that do use semi-guided and or homing artillery. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm just going to take a big old fat brick of, uh, you know, standard engine mechs and call it good. I'll just break four awesomes. Yes. Yes, he did. I think I'm just going to go hide. Did Did he limit uh, jump or pulse and jump at all? I think there's still a limit of some yeah. sort. <sighs> as As somebody who does enjoy that style, even though no one else does. Um, no Uziel for you. Oh, Uziel ate us, my true love. I think the jumping is limited to 11 or 12 for the entire force. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So here are the limitations. Uh, more than one artillery unit with arrow four, long tom, etc., which means long toms are fair game. Uh, more than 28 points of pulse damage. Uh, more than 12 jump movement points. More than one ton of homing arrow four ammo. Uh, infantry slash battle armor taggers are not allowed with any arrow four list or list using semi guided LRM. Mm, semi-guided LRMs. Nom, 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 nom. Oh god, it just threw up a little bit in my mouth. Yeah, there's there's some other build uh, restrictions or uh, necessi- necessities that you have to bring. Like, you have to bring a commander. You have to bring a unit with escort carrying capacity. So you have to have something that can carry one ton of foot squads. Either a battle mech, omni mech, proto mech, whatever. What's the era? Ill clan, right? 10kbv yes sir ill clan 10,000 battle value number of units two to six two units minimum huh see if i can take that dump truck with me that had an mrm 20 and rack five on it and pilots must be within one on all skill levels and they cannot be worse than four fives pirate and if i'm not mistaken worse than four fives means you cannot do five fours uh, I would assume that's correct because that's a lower battle value. That's how Vapor interpreted it because I wanted to repeat cheese, but yeah. yeah it specifically says uh, no worse than four gunnery or five piloting. So nipping that in the butt. Does it say no industrial mechs? Uh, it says battle mechs, omni mechs, proto mechs, BA. It doesn't say you can take that, but it doesn't say you 
can't either. Loophole. Yeah, you might have to ask Sam about that. Yeah, it's always best to ask the TO before, you know, you cause issues. Mm-hmm. That's right. Especially if there's pizza. Okay, there's a mech, an industrial mech called Defiance Zilla. So, yes, we do have to find a way to get these in. Beautiful. Love it. I haven't even seen it, and I love it already. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, that's later. Uh, more immediately, uh, we may be testing out some newer versions of Mega Mech, moving away from 48.0 and moving into 49.15, I do believe, on some of the servers. Uh, it's unofficial. Uh, by all means, Command hasn't approved this. This is just something that some of us are going to be trying and testing and seeing if it's as stable as the Mega Mech team says it is. Because they've been telling us, yeah, you should be using 49 at this point because 5.0.0 is a long way off. Hold up, hold up. Disclaimer here. Command hasn't actually dictated what version of Megamech to use. It's just been on an event-specific basis. It has always been totally legal to use 49.15 or whatever anytime you want for regular ranked games. We just haven't done that in any events because having the entire community pick up, install Java, download, and you know, not have the version change two weeks before the event starts it sounds like a giant pita. But you can actually play Megamech uh, any version you want as long as uh, you and your opponent agree. True. That's always been the case. Uh, nobody just ever exercises that right, as far as I know, because all of our servers that we have are set up for 48.0. Yeah, listen, I can go pick up some geese at the local park and take them home. They're free. Like, But, you know, I don't. I'm just imagining the cleanup mess you're going to have after that, but sure. <laughs> That'll teach my goose. I don't know, stretching now. Anyway. So what else do we have next year? We, sh we should ask TOs. Are there TOs in the room with us now? <laughs> One, two, three, four. Oh, crap. Now, how about in-person events? Uh, anybody going to anything in the near future? What are people's travel plans for next year? Uh, I'm personally going to LVO in January. Outside of that, it's up in the air for next year, unfortunately. I might have something on the books as well. Oh, before you get to that, Tweezer, I will say that I'm excited that we're doing a variety of events too. So Rachel started a trend with one shots. Just, hey, this is a weekend event. I'm excited to see more people do little pop-up events like that so that we can kind of break up the the feeling of having to dedicate the whole month. It's just, yeah, I can make a weekend free. I'm excited about that. Well, if nothing, if you don't have anything better to do the, the first weekend in April, we are trying to actually host a local tournament here in Lexington, Kentucky called Lexicon um, that is going to be MRC compliant. So working with the, the event organizers for that, but uh, more, more to come once I understand how much space I have. But the, the intent is to, to get a, a new group of, of people locally involved and hopefully eventually get Kentucky on the, the world map for territory warfare. That would be sweet. You can fight over your fried chicken. If it's any more incentive, Lexicon is probably only like two to three hours away from Iron Wind Metals. So. It, it is precisely from the, the event location to Iron Wind Metals is right around an hour and ten minutes. 
Well, hell, that's called a lunch break, you know? Although, once you get to Iron Wind, you end up thinking you're there for 45, and then you're there for five hours. Yeah, well, if people come, uh, the, the the event is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The ev- actual tournament will be run on Saturday, so if people want to show up on Friday, I might be willing to organize a caravan to go up to I- Ironwood Metals and see what we can find. We're going to bust a convoy. Convoy. Mike is not going to know what's going to hit him. <laughs> no. But any anything else you can tell us about? I know you said you're waiting on the event, but anything else you're thinking about? Uh, you know, is this going to be a you know full blown Alpha Strike event? Is this going to be a campaign? So these are really good questions. It's going to depend on the amount of space that I get. If I am able to get multiple tables, it is going to be a full blown classic tournament, uh, three round classic. Excellent. If I am only able to get a single table, it is going to become much more of a narrative uh, drop-in, drop-out type thing that we can get a lot of people involved in. I will fight you in the parking lot. Then we'll play some Battletech. I will accept that Pachal. And plus, Vapor and I will be around and up for games throughout the weekend. We might even take you to a couple of bourbon distilleries. Either that or the AO8 factory. That stuff was good. That's what we like to call incentives. Uh, Other than that, uh, we also have Adepticon coming up in March. I went last year. There's still, I'm still kind of up in the air on whether I'm going this year. It's going to depend on if other people end up going, but uh, that's usually a a BTCC type event in like a Wolfnet 350 is usually happening there. And then moving into May, I know we've got uh, Solroth doing the, the Motor City Madness Alpha Strike event in Detroit. Uh, that had a lot of attendance last year. Pirate, I think you went up to that, didn't you? I did. It was uh, Southern Assault Light would be a good way to describe it. It was a good way to meet a lot of new people. Everyone up there was pretty chill. Um, you know, not just because it was cold, but... Um, it was a lot of fun. The spirit of it was still just get games in, just get games in. Um, and it's exactly six months from Southern Assault. Just note, he hasn't confirmed when or if he's going to actually do Motor City 2. But uh, when he does, I am definitely booking a hotel the next day. We'll make him confirm. Trust me. Th- is that a threat? <laughs> Yeah, make him an offer he can't refuse. It's gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. And then after uh, Motor City, that's in May. Uh, we got anything between May and August? Well, y- you've got Origins in June in Columbus, Ohio. And then you got this tiny little con in Indianapolis. Gen Con? Something? I don't know. Some Some tiny little thing. Uh, but that'll be in early August. And then what is this thing that, uh, you know, we, we, we keep hearing about the Music City? NashCon. NashCon. We need to go to NashCon. I've already booked off time for it. Trust me, I'll be there. Yeah, I went last year. or Well, this year, I should say. And it was a blast. I may not be able to make it this year just because uh, new career moves and all that. So I may not be able to get the time off. 
but I'm hoping maybe I'll be able to go. I know Vapor's already working on cosplay for it. Oh, man, it's going to suck to have to miss that. You don't have to miss that. True, but they keep paying me money at my job, so I keep showing up. Personal choice, personal choice. Well, and then shortly after uh, NashCon, it's, um, well, I say shortly, it's more like multiple months. Eventually, we get to November, where we get to Southern Assault 4, which even though Southern Assault 3 was only three weeks ago, I'm already planning out my list and painting for it. Oh, I was going to say, speaking of which, did you want to touch on Southern Assault 3 a little bit there, Pirate? I mean, anything that you learned or anything that was standing out to you? I'm assuming it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. There's a lot of people that covered it elsewhere, um, but the high-level version is it is six games. Is it only six? Yeah, only six games of Alpha Strike. You start rolling dice at like 8.30 on Saturday. You finish late in the afternoon. You come back the next day for two more games. Uh, it's all gaming. It's hosted by Fortress Minis and Games in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So it's a bit of a hike for us. Carbon and I were lucky enough to go this year and the year before. Warning went with us as well. Comrade, uh, he was there uh, both years. Solroth actually won it this year overall as um, you know best uh, overall. Congratulations, Sol. Yeah, absolutely. The um. The thing about it is it's meant for the total hobby. So even though some of us that are very competitive go for the competitive best general score, Bobby's done a really good job trying to just make the event fun, welcoming and inviting for everyone. Painting, sportsmanship, list building, those are all very important for the scoring. And um, it's just a nice, fun event where you're focused on games. There's no panels. There's no, you know, there is a shop. You get to go to the Fortress Mini shop, which is pretty cool. But it's just a lot of fun gaming uh, with a lot of like-minded nerds. Sounds like a blast. If you're into Alpha Strike. Hey, even if you're not into Alpha Strike, I will say this. Even if you're not into Alpha Strike, just going so you can be around 80 people who all hear somebody get clapped. Solroth's up there. Everybody's clapping. He's just a good guy. We're all like, hey, good job. He gets his award. Speech. He turns around and yells, Jade Falcons are the most humble and honorable, and literally an entire room just starts booing him immediately. Like, come on. This is a good community vibe there. Oh, you're telling me nobody got that on video? Damn. No, I don't think they did. <laughs> it was so spur of the moment, but we had two guys from Catalyst there. Then we had uh, some camo specs people. We had many other YouTubers and content creators. It was just fun. Gotcha. So what you're saying is if I do go, I don't have to play Alpha Strike, but I can go as a, in a, as a media uh, outlet and like you know record and do interviews and cast matches and stuff along there. You, you could, but I walked in with my $40 entry fee, and I came out with probably $200 in door prizes and other crap. So... Maybe you do want to play. I guess, if I have to. Anyway, as enough about uh, Alpha Strike, I'm so excited about it. But, you know, of the events next year, I'm probably putting on my radar, of course, NashCon, Lexicon, when it comes up. Want to get the Motor City Mayhem. Southern Assault 4 is a must, even though it's my anniversary weekend, again, for the third year in a row. 
then the other place I want to get up to at a minimum, I really want to try to get up to Calgary and see everybody up there. So I'm trying to make it work sometime in March, April after the league finishes to, you know, see if I can get a casual game in. I will say, I do like how you looked over your shoulder when you said uh, your anniversary. So that was, uh, that was a nice touch there. Making sure your wife's not there with a shoe or something. No, I hear footsteps though. <laughs> and, and the GoFundMe for this particular item is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I will elaborate a little bit more on LVO because that's probably going to be the only event I'm going to be going to next year. Uh, unless uh, you know i win the lotto or something matt from the valhalla club who's also a friend of the mrc is going to be running everything at vegas he's gonna be running the wolfnet stuff with the wolfnet guys he's gonna be running the classic stuff and then the campaign in a day the classic is an interesting take i think it's gonna be four rounds starting off at 6500 battle value and going up a thousand battle value each round and it's through the ages so you start off i think in clan invasion or uh, early late succession wars something like that and then we move on from invasion to like civil war and then from civil war to jihad and then from jihad to ill clan or, or late republic i don't remember the exact eras but it's a interesting take and looking at the packet i think it's mostly mrc compliant so if you're in the vegas area and you want to give it a shot and try it out uh, he says it's going to be more of a semi-competitive event so not hopefully too many tryhards and uh it's going to be more for fun that's uh that's one event that i had earmarked and it you know there's so much going on already but if i can squeeze it in i would love to fly back out there i mean it was good getting out there for uh socal open and seeing you again but lvo sounded like it's going to be uh you know another fun one because matt is just such a cool guy anyway when i've played him in mrc matches i think he'll be a hoot to host in person yeah definitely agreed uh so far i think they put the numbers out there's about 28 players signed up for the wolfnet event and then i think there's about almost nine or ten players for the classic event at this point that's a good showing already yeah no kidding I don't know. For me, as somebody new to the hobby, because I didn't even play tabletop until uh, summer 2022, you know, hearing about all these cons, I literally can't tell the difference between between them. So I appreciate y'all, uh, you know, more veterans talking about which ones are you know worth going to and which ones are doing what type of things. Because that would uh, that would help somebody like me who's lost, being like, well, what's a Gen Con? Is that cosplay? You know. Oh man, talking about cons is a whole episode in and of itself. For sure. Speaking of episodes in themselves, uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on for this episode in particular? Territory warfare is happening, so if you want to support the uh, glorious pirates uh, going against the dishonorable Drax up in the northern oil fields of Alberta. Hey, hey. Hey, well, yeah, you know exactly. That is correct. You should uh, support the Pirates. Um, that is something that will be going on for most of the month of December. And I think St. Ives is also invading the spaceport of Nashville, uh, who is currently held in the Jade Falcon Occupation Zone. Uh, I did not contribute very well to my latest round of that. So uh, help a St. Iver and go shoot a Falcon. 
And Jesse, we need to actually get our Homeworld Clan Coalition involved in this. Oh yeah, no, no, no. We will be invading uh, more than likely on behalf of the Periphery because they're the lesser of two evils. I- I'm saying that we can put our own footprint on the map. <sighs> you know what? I tried that. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what the results are to this day, and it's been about six months. Go patrol the event score. Patrol warning. How many people do you need in a region in order to try and get into the map? Oh no, I was saying that uh, us being the the resident homeworld clan representatives, we can actually go ahead and and invade something oh, on behalf oh. of the homeworld clans. Yeah. Yeah, so territory warfare is basically a whole episode on its own. Uh, but you can have multiple territory warfares going on at a time, not just one at a time, like we thought. So if you want to know more, go watch episode four of the Coolant Pod. Gotcha. Territory warfare was touched on with warning or with uh, carbon. Yes, uh, MRC command weighed in on what territory warfare is and how to participate. Okay, okay. Episode four. Don't watch it while we're making episode five. No, I'm not going to. I'll wait until afterwards. Oh, well, okay. So now this episode's going to like string out an additional two hours. Great. No, no. It's it's a simple thing of everyone, if you're interested in uh, territory warfare, go to episode four. The only thing else I could think of for this particular episode, um, last episode when we were talking with MRC Command, we were actually talking about the seasons of MRC. And obviously season four is coming up. So I think we should uh, go around the room and just answer, what are we looking forward to in season four? Is there anything we really want to see that, you know, when Warning and Carbon and Sam listen to this, that it's like, oh, well, if they want it and they're out on, you know, in, in the public world, Maybe we need to give it to them. So I personally have a soft spot for aerospace fighters. uh, And they're really kind of a pain in the butt to use on a ground map. But I would like to see maybe adding aerospace and dropship battles uh, via Mega Mech, of course. I would never dream to do that on the tabletop. I don't have enough time. (laughs) But uh, adding those to the available events, like maybe we could have an aerospace tournament or something in the near future or next year sometime uh, all aerospace all the time on the space map that's what i would like to see personally me personally i would like to see something akin to mech wars our own mech wars server of sorts and see what the mrc can come up with there i don't know i'm looking forward to the uh, alpha strike rules because you know, I enjoy playing all y'all in uh, Meg- Mega Mech, but uh, Alpha Strike is a lot of fun in person, despite the supremacy of classic I'm hearing on this thing. When they start releasing more changes in Alpha Strike, that's a good way to get combined arms, bigger mech battles, infantry, you know, jumping out of helicopters and other things. Uh, and Alpha Strike really is really well tailored to objective based games. I'd be excited to see how we can incorporate a lot of the fun we've had with Mega Mech objectives onto the table in Alpha Strike. Yeah, come on, Pyra. You are part of the Mega Mech Mafia here. 
Uh, just just because uh, just because I love running the gauntlet, and, you know, screaming with all of y'all. Um, if I was looking at classic, though, there's not that much I would really change. I do enjoy the very lively banter that's going on about initiative and cheese in the NFL review thread. But even outside of NFL stand, you know, NFL variant, the standard MRC is pretty stabilized. So. More missions is always fun that's going to come from event organizers, but there's not too much I would change as is. It's solid enough to build off of, but loose enough if you want to do something crazy, you can. I really like what you said about you know Alpha Strike and really more the, the in-person type things. I know that that was one of the big things that MRC Command was really focusing on when they created the MRC was a lot of in-person events. And it's become very mega mech focused as we have you know, become global uh, across the entire world. That's how you have to play. But I, I would love to see a few more in-person events that are MRC compliant that we can kind of track things towards. Uh, as I'm looking at the actual mega mech style things, I really am a fan of what's happened in the most recent tournament uh, with Vapor changing the the combat score to really BV killed. Um, I think that that's a much more elegant and simpler way to score combat scores. And it prevents a lot of the problems that were happening with high games or, or people scoring very, very similar because this, it really becomes hard to to double up that. So I think that that's a, something I would love to see the team look at a little bit more carefully and decide if that's an easier way of doing combat scores moving forward. For events or for ranking system in general? Just anything for season four. Yeah, events in season four. I mean, any any game that you play, if you have a combat score component to it, I would love to see it gotcha. more for BV killed as opposed to unit killed and unit crippled. Um, it's just a lot more to, to track and maintain. No, I, I agree with this. Uh, don't don't lose sight of it because I do enjoy the calculations of, well, if I cripple that guy, I score a lot more than if I try to shoot the armor off this guy over here. So I do enjoy the nuance of crippled versus kill as well. But when we're just shooting the breeze on a Saturday trying to get games in, I mean, there's literally two games going on right now, I think. BV Destroyed does make it so much easier to report. And, you know, if that encourages more people to play, that has benefits in and of itself. That's true. Yeah, anything to get more games in is A-OK -okay in my book. When is this episode supposed to be launched? Depends. Uh, I probably just need to get Jesse to make sure that I've got a copy of it, and I'll work on starting to edit it tomorrow. Oh, once we're done with Craig, you can just download it. Oh, well, even better. Boom. Give it to me, Craig. Give it to <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, well, I think we're all looking forward to the future. I mean, this is the end of the year. Everybody's winding down, uh, packing up for winter. Uh, come January, uh, things are going to start going. Mechs are going to be blowing up again, and we're going to be right into a new season. Everybody enjoy the downtime. Enjoy time with your friends and family and all that. And we'll be here. We'll be testing. We'll be playing. And we'll be starting up again in January. 
And until then, may you always roll 12s. Good night, everybody. Have a good night. Adios.